the day, when people used cassettes, there was an A-side and a B-side. Aside from the homage to Tom's age, we were going to answer this question from Ben, but we got into such a good discussion about it that it took up 20 minutes of the introduction, and we didn't want to stick it in the episode. So what we've decided to do is release these new episodes called B-sides. So enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye out for our next episode. Cheers. Hey friends, uh, welcome to one of your favorite things, a B-side on Pint Glass Preachers. This is our second one. We're calling it Vitamin B2, or at least that's what I've called it. Not going to happen. We're respond to a, uh, a text so that, that we got from our good friend Ben Schrank uh, down in San Antonio, Texas. We hope you're staying dry down there, buddy. Uh, we, we know you are. You're far enough away from the coast, and so that's good. But uh, at any rate, uh, we're going to share it with you and discuss it for a moment. And he had a lot here, so we're going to do the first half of it. Here we go. Hey, gents. Appreciate the podcast. I listen on one and a half speed. So good. But it has made me forget what your voices actually sound like. We don't sound like chipmunks. Uh, so next time I see y'all, you better talk fast. Goofy question. Our church does confirmation. Many Lutheran churches do. In that confirmation rite, they have the charge to, in essence, defend their faith until death. Revelation 2.10. Do you promise to hold fast to this confession even unto death or something to that effect? This always sparks discussion with some of our college students philosophically and ethically grappling with the circumstances that would lead them to affirm their faith and die or denounce their faith to live. Insert potentially unrealistic and probably unhelpful hypothetical situation. Would you, if a gun was at your head, die for your faith? What if a gun was at your family's heads? What if a madman came into your church on Sunday and said he would kill everyone unless you denounced your faith? In essence, the question is, does God care about what you say to a madman? And is he okay with discretion? Or does whoever rejects me before others, my father will reject, apply here? Gents? Well, I th- you know, the unhelpful hypothetical situation he talks about isn't really that hypothetical for all of us who remember Columbine, where that exact situation happened. Those kids mm-hmm. walked into a classroom, pointed a gun at people and said, if you're a Christian, stand up. And when people did, they blew them away. So it's not hypothetical. And we are... So if you were in that situation, what would you do? Yeah. Well, and I I, I would on. like to say that it would be just a straight up yes. You know what I mean? Like, of course I would. I would confess it till the day I die. But I think a really helpful uh, scenario that really highlighted for me the struggle of what it actually looks like to to wrestle through this question. Uh, you guys seen the movie Silence? Oh, That's a Scorsese so film? Yeah, yep. it is really good. And and do you remember there's that one character? I don't remember his name. And By the way, probably... not to be snobbish, but I also read the book. And I read a book about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I want to read the book too. I, I That's okay. next on my list. But there's that one character. He's the one dude who is always put on the spot and always rejects the faith. Yep, yep, yep. And you see throughout the movie this like struggle play out, not just internally, but externally, physically, emotionally, you know what I mean? Like even within his relationship within the the church there in Japan. And yep. I think that for me, that really brought this hypothetical theoretical question to, and, and challenge to home is like, man, like I would want to be like those dudes who are like, no, heck no, I'm always going to confess till I die. But then I also saw a little piece of me in that guy too and was like, you know what, yep. May, would I be like that dude? Yep. Maybe I would well, continually think- flip-flop and struggle. So the, there's a couple of different distinctions that I, uh, when we got this 
this question. I, I went home and I was having dinner with my wife and we were talking about this. One of the distinctions is putting your yourself in a situation like these 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 people in Japan where you where you know you will be persecuted for your faith. That is a difference than sitting in a classroom and having someone barge in and say, right now, literal gun to your head, are you a Christian or not? And your life depends on it. So that's one distinction. The second distinction is on uh, thinking about it as a father, that if I'm all by myself and no one's, no one, nothing's riding on me, I have no other responsibilities. I'd like to think I say yes more, more quickly than I would as a father of three, three little boys, husband of a wife who, um, as the main breadwinner of the family, I got a financial stake in this. Um, I want to be able to sit here and raise up my boys as Christians. And I can't do that if I if I confess my faith and die, or do I say yeah, but, no? Haha, <laughs> just kidding. But I would say, Tom. I mean, Jesus is pretty clear, right? He says, "He who does not hate his father, mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, husband, wife, cannot be my disciple." And and so you know, Jesus is pretty clear here that like it's really not about pragmatism. It's not about saying. Yeah, I mean, certainly our vocations matter as father and as husband and and as breadwinner. But he's pretty clear, like, he's number one. Confessing him is number one. And so if that costs you to lose your life and it's tough for them, he seems but, but, like it's but, tough. But is, is not confessing him there the same as denying him? Because it's not. Well, uh, I don't think, but see, that's in, so... In this so, situation, I don't think anybody else in the room is like, oh, I didn't know Tom wasn't a Christian. Huh. No, like but so so let's just say this. Okay, uh, Jesus also is pretty clear that anyone who acknowledges him before others will be – he will acknowledge before the Father. Yep. Anyone who denies him before others, he will then deny them before the Father, right? Yep. So if – whether it's Columbine, whether it's Japan, whether it's China, whatever, okay, any place where you're faced with this scenario of your mortal life being in danger, if you're thinking, oh – Okay, I'll just say, no, I don't believe in Christ now so that that way I can be alive to raise my family later. It's not sort of like a, a, a hat trick or a shell game. You've actually denied him before others. And so then I think we have to take the words of Christ pretty seriously where he says, I'm going to deny you before the Father. And so yep. there's not like a if, and a, if anything, I think that the testimony to your children, the instruction of your children or family member's wife, you know, whoever, if you were to stand firm in the faith and confess that even to the point of death, I think that is a greater inst instruction, greater testimony to your faith and would ins and inspire a greater faith in them in that way than to say, no, 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 I don't believe it. Hey guys, let's go study the catechism. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I think that works great in a Hollywood movie because we all know statistics of kids who grow up without fathers and father figures and, and things like that, that I mean, if you don't have a strong, uh, a strong, I'll just say parents, if you, if you don't have strong parental faith figures in your life, that it's not going to happen later. Let me throw out this hypothetical, complete hypothetical situation. You, let's say you have someone who's a friend of Jesus, right? And it's a cold night and just warming yourself by the fire. And people ask you if you believe in Jesus and you say no, several times even maybe. <laughs> let's just a complete hypothetical. Yeah, we'll just call it three times, okay? Let's say that happens. Then thrice, God is going to, Jesus is going to deny you in front of the Father, right? Or is he going to cook you breakfast, forgive you, and prop you up later? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a in the Lutheran world, there's a law gospel thing here, right? So, so am I saying like I don't I don't think I'm saying I don't think Josh is saying that if you did uh, deny Christ, that it's the unforgivable sin in that moment. Uh, could, I'm could not you, denying him in my heart. I I confess and believe in Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, but he does say deny me before men. I mean, so he doesn't say as long as it's in the quiet of your heart, but you publicly denounce me, then that's fine. But if it's in the quiet of your heart, you still like me. No, he's like, you do it before people. I don't care what's in your heart. You're done. So so he's pretty clear that way. And and so I think to so good listener, Tom was but, referencing but it, Peter. Um and which and, is also a unique circumstance because right. uh it was the the three years of Jesus' public ministry, the 33 years of his life, and to a specific called disciple, one Peter, and it was a specific prophetic event that Christ vocalized and said, hey, guess what? The cock's going to crow. You're going to deny me, and this is how it's going to go down. I don't think that he did that with Columbine. Josh, or, whoa. you just said cock. Now we have to put explicit on our iTunes. Do uh, I? Do we? <laughs> text us in if you think that we need to put not not a shameless plug time you know what i'm saying but i think gabe is right tom because and oh by the way remind me how'd saint peter die again on a cross upside down so they say right so so to me it is and i mean tom i see your point like 85 percent of kids follow the faith of their father uh and so i see your point there okay right that's sociological reality that's just what happens but uh if the faith of your father is him dying for that faith that's that's a pretty good thing, and and so I think this notion of you know vocation of father trumping your actual allegiance to Christ when it comes down to it ends up being a cop out. No, because because I, I I I'm not saying that it trumps that. I'm just saying that and and our our good listener writes writes it pretty well. He's like, does God really expect you know in the face of a madman? See, so, yeah, so but if, I think he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so who else is going to do that if, but a madman? Yeah, so if a madman marches into my house tonight, wakes my entire family up, me, Jenny, all my four kids, marches us out to the front lawn and has a gun to our heads and says, deny Christ or I will kill all of you, I would look to my wife and look to my kids and I would reassure them with the promise and hope of the resurrection and say, stand firm in the faith, look that dude in the face, and I would hope I would have the courage and the strength to say, I will not deny Christ, and be willing and know, make, knowing that I'm making the decision that will result in the deaths of my wife and children. It's interesting, though, because I don't, like, I don't, I don't equate this with, with a literal denial. Dude, but, it, but again, okay, yeah, in the quietness... Of your heart, but so so you know what does Jesus say? But I, and Actually, I'm Paul saying Romans. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You will be saved. Mm-hmm. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So there is a private, a personal component to it, mm-hmm. and a public component to and it. And I'm not saying always be private about it. I'm saying be vocal about it. And then when someone puts your gun to your head, you can say, yep, nope. And then when you get out of the situation, then you can go right back to it. Okay, no. so so let's, let's take this back 2,000 years. Why is it that we don't see that happening in the early yep. church with the massive amount of martyrdoms? That they're like, right. hey, guys, guess what? 
we all know in our hearts we believe in G that Jesus is the Lord. Yeah. But we all don't want to die. So when we get to the Colosseum, nobody deny. I mean, nobody acknowledge their faith. Let's just all deny him because we know in our hearts that we're good to go. No, they, they made a very public statement and very public stance and said, you know what? We know we're going to die. And you know what? The confession in our hearts is worthy enough to be confessed on our lips, even if that results in our death. Yep. Here's, here's a quote for you, Tom, from Dorothy Sayers, the oh brilliant author and playwright of the late 19th and early 20th century. She's also a sponsor of Pine Glass Preachers. It's true. Dorothy loves our stuff. Uh, <laughs> the sin of our age is not power-hungry materialism, as the liberals say. It's not a permissive spirit of lawlessness, as the conservatives say. The sin is to believe in nothing, care for nothing, seek to know nothing, and interfere with nothing. Therefore, those who commit this sin enjoy nothing, hate nothing, find purpose in nothing, and never really live for anything because there's nothing to die for. And so to me, this is the very real temptation is to say, how can I weasel my way out of dying for something? And the reality is, to me, this is the only thing worth dying for. And so it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it, Jesus is worth more than your family. He's worth more than your life. He's worth more than anything else. And so to deny him is to say that he's not worth more than that. And in fact, he is. And so if we're not willing to die for it, we've no right to call ourselves Christians. Pastor Mike drop. Yeah. And just to put a little cherry on top of that whipped cream, then do we actually believe that there is a future resurrection? Do we actually believe Christ is who he says he is and is able to accomplish what he says he can accomplish, which is raise us from the dead? Because if if I actually believe that, then like Paul also says, I should have no fear of death because nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Not the present age, not the rulers of this age, not height nor depth or any other created thing. And so if I chicken out and i'm not saying that like i i let me be very clear but apparently hope, that can, but chickening out can separate you from the from the love of christ apparently no 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 but what i'm saying is i would hope that i would like to say yes i've never been put in that situation so i don't know definitively but i would like to say yes because if the the belief in my heart that that is true would and and if i also believe that the spirit of god lives in me that he would give me the and give me the courage and boldness to be like everyone else who's died for the faith and vocalize that faith because I actually believe it to be true. And, and I think this is the difficulty. If you aren't willing to own up to it, do you actually believe it to be true? How can you then tell your son, Tom, or you know your daughters or your children for that matter, how can you then turn around and say, hey, you know what, guys? I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting on the following Sunday in the Apostles' Creed. And they look at you and say, wait a second, but if you believe in that, then who cares if we would have died because we have an eternal resurrection of the body and soul. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it creates doubt versus instills confidence in the faith. And that's actually the point of, of silence is really interesting, right? Is that, you know, was it Tertullian that said the blood of the martyrs is the seat of the church? You know it. Okay, so Tertullian says blood of the martyrs is the seat of the church. And what happens is, you know, and this is an actual event that happened in history is, is Christianity was spreading in Japan and the, the warlords there knew that the blood of the martyrs was the seat of the church, that they kept offing people and the church just continued to grow because of that. And so they said, how can we stop the church from growing? Ah, let's not kill them. Let's just get them to actually renounce their faith. 
that'll snuff it out. And sure enough, that's what worked. And and so I think it's it's exactly I don't know to that point where man I I hope that that would inspire my kids to live their whole lives for Jesus because there's nothing else to live for. And if yeah, it and didn't, I, and if it I, didn't I, you're I guess my ar- I guess my argument is that such a Hollywood view of it. I, I just is it, but it but it's happened. a historical it view of it, bro. I mean, that's like what the. <laughs> tr- oh. So so the argument is that the best thing I can do for my kids is die. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Take up your cross and die to yourself, Tom. That's pretty much what Jesus says. I mean, because Tom, let me me put it to you this way. The best thing you can do for your kids is be faithful to Jesus. Which is what? Self-denial and death. Yep. That's the best thing you can do for your kids is be faithful to Jesus. And if so called upon, that may be your death. But that's the best thing you could do for your kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Man. We're really good pastors. I mean, and... And quite honestly, if only you guys would have heard the previous hour and 45 minutes of conversation <laughs> leading up to this B-side, you, I don't know if you'd be more impressed or severely disappointed. But in any case, it's another B-side from Pine Class Preachers. Keep an eye out for our next episode with, who's the guest, Gabe? Dr. Heath Carter from Valparaiso University, brilliant historian of American Christianity, is going to give us some great perspectives on the faith and government and American civic life. You do not want to miss it. And he's a real doctor? A real, not like a useful kind where he heals people, but like the kind who's read a lot of books. Ah, gotcha. All right. Well, thanks, Ben, for the question. We're going to get to the second half of your text uh, probably pretty soon, I think. Yep. Peace.